Andrew was a man on a journey. It wasn't a physical journey, but it was a journey of the soul. He was what in some places today we would call a seeker. I suspect he was one of those people who had a good bit of his life in order, you know, a reliable job working in the family fishing business, a family, a home, a place in the community. But somehow something was missing. And then along came John, the baptizer. He seemed to know something about whatever it was that Andrew was missing. So maybe if he could learn from John, the hunger inside of him would be satisfied. So Andrew started spending time with John, learning from him. And then one day another man came along and Andrew sensed something deeper. And John said, look, there is the Lamb of God. Andrew and one of the other men who were with John started to go after him. And the man turned and asked, what are you looking for? How do you answer a question like that? I mean, sometimes we don't even know what we're looking for until we find it. There's just this strange yearning for something that we can't even name. We want something that will leave us satisfied, something that will pull out the best in us, something that will give meaning and purpose to our lives, something that makes sense of the world around us. How do you name that? How do you know what it is you're looking for until you find it? Well, people who are looking will do just that. They will look. And they're open to trying new ideas. They're willing to listen to just about anything that comes along, which is part of the problem. They'll listen to just about anything. But they will listen. And you know, we live in a time like that. Look at the popularity of spirituality. You know, so much of it is just a feel-good experience. It isn't grounded in anything very deep. But it's a starting place. And it's evidence of the hunger. Several years ago, the New Yorker ran a cartoon in which a rather elegant-looking woman was shopping in what looked to be a rather upscale store. And she says to the clerk, what would you suggest to fill the dark, empty places of my soul? Well, you know, by the time something like that makes it into a cartoon, it does reflect what's going on in the culture. And when Andrew and his friend were asked, what are you looking for? They really didn't have much of an answer. But Jesus didn't wait for an answer. He just said, well, come and see. Come and see. It's simple enough invitation. Jesus doesn't promise answers. He doesn't push anything at them. He just says, come and see. Think of all the times you say that to someone. You know, we saw this great movie the other night. You ought to go see it. I really enjoyed this book. Here, I'll loan you my copy. If you want some really good Italian food, let me tell you about the restaurant we went to the other night. You ought to try it. I mean, we say that about all kinds of things, don't we? We're not foisting something off on someone. It's just an invitation, some sort of sharing of the good news. Come and see. Some years ago, we were at a wedding reception, and the bride's sister and her husband were getting ready to move to New York City. One of the other guests already lived there, so she made a point of introducing herself. It's a great place. Let me tell you about it. And let me tell you about our church. I really like the minister. We're very involved in a ministry to the homeless. 
I work in the shelter a couple nights every month. And we have this great adult education program. I've taken classes in prayer and Bible. If you'd like to come, I'll meet you and I'll sit with you. I heard all, overheard all this and I thought, do you give lessons? You know, study after study after study has shown that the single greatest reason people join a church is because someone they know invites them. They come back because the folk already here make them welcome, and it's only after that that the minister makes a difference. Bottom line, the best minister in the world can't do it for you. They can make a difference once someone comes, but getting them in the door is your job. You want this church to grow. And like so many other churches, you remember the days when there were a lot fewer empty pews. And you're right, this church does need to grow. And that needs to happen not to fill the pews or balance the budget, although that needs to happen, but because we have good news to share. We have something to offer that a lot of people are looking for, even if they don't know that they're looking for it. Yet the reality uh, is that most of us are unsure how to share our faith. We're just not very comfortable about it. And frankly, there are too many bad examples around in his book, The Celtic Way of Evangelism, George Hunter points out that there are really two different distinct ways of doing evangelism. One is what I call the Billy Graham approach. You know, you go get saved, and then you find your way into a church and join and begin to mature your faith. The other is the model from the old Celtic church of the 4th and 5th centuries. Rather than ask for a commitment that would lead to folk into becoming part of the community of Jesus Christ, they simply said, well, come and see. That was the day when people were coming from completely non-Christian backgrounds. They hadn't a clue what the faith was about. But they simply came and were part of things for a while. And gradually they began to learn what it meant to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. And then they made the commitment of baptism and membership. You know, for those of us who are so afraid of pushing our religion on somebody, this can be a very comfortable approach. It's really not that hard to say, come and see. While most of us assume that folk in America have a pretty good idea what church is about, the reality is that we're coming to have a lot more in common with the ancient Celts. Many Americans have only the vaguest ideas of Christian faith. And too often their information comes via the media, which only reports on the extremes. That there are churches like this that welcome a whole broad spectrum of folk, that take people where they are without judging them, that allow questions and uncertainties, that support one another in the hard times. That is a well-kept secret. And let me tell you, it's time to share the good news. You know, the first thing that Andrew did as he started out on this new adventure of faith was to go and get his brother. And even though Andrew hardly knows where this Jesus is going to take him, he goes to Peter and says, come and see. Do you ever think what the church would be like without Peter? Perhaps you know a Peter. Someone who's ready for an invitation. Someone who's just waiting to be asked. Well, we found a way to make it easier for you. Thank you, Larry, Larry Vandergrift. 
you were handed some of these little cards, business cards. And it says, Christ our King, worship time, school age, etc. On the back, it says, Christ our King, WW, our website, uh, gives pertinent information. Take some. Give them to somebody. And if you're embarrassed about inviting somebody to church, well, remember, what's the worst thing they can do? Say, no, thank you. But just maybe, just maybe they'll be like Peter, like you, glad for an invitation, glad to find what they're looking for. Samuel Moore Shoemaker puts it this way, I stand by the door. I neither go in too far nor stay too far out. The door is the most important door in the world. It is the door through which men and women walk when they find God. There's no use my going way inside and staying there when so many are still outside. And they, as much as I, crave to know where the door is. So show them where the door is. Amen.